Chris this morning. Um, Thank you, I appreciate that. Chris Wright, yeah. What, I mean, you're here with Nari right now, or not unless I am pronounced correctly. Sam Nari. Nari. politically correct pronunciation. Although you go to some parts of the country and they will still say Nari. So, yeah, it's, and that's I how I say it. Maybe that's my... Uh, National Association of the Modeling Industry. Right. Yeah. And uh, how long have you been affiliated with these guys? I joined in 09. Okay, yeah. but then, but now a chapter member, which... I am, right now, I am chapter president for the Central Indiana chapter for the second year in a row, and maybe next month. And is something you enjoy, or something that... I do. Are you, um, are you making, you know, I know you're a hardcore networker, and are you making a lot of good contacts? When, I, when you say networker, I, I you know, I, I couch it in that I'm very passionate about developing relationships, I think relationships enrich me, enrich my company, and I want to be able to give back the things that I know, and, you know, that we talked this morning about all the chuck holes that I've hit along the way, I hopefully can show people, okay, maybe you're a little bit further back on the road, maybe this is something you ought to you know, look out for. In my local community, um, you know, there, there are lots of reasons to join industry associations, you know, every, every industry has a one or more associations, you know, they, they were formed years and years and years ago for various reasons. For me, uh, that networking element, that building relationships with people in my local, uh, my local area and on the national level at events like this is so very, very important and really helps me better, be better at what I do. Um, that is something that I didn't do for the early part, you know, the first, say, eight years of my company. I didn't put my head up and see what was going on. I was too busy building things. I was serving clients. I was, you know, developing relationships with the people I saw every day at the supply house or the, you know, the designer I was working for. But I really passed up a lot. You know, I, I, I slugged it out and I did trial and error for far too long, I guess I could say. I, I, I would say. Because I didn't, you know, I, I just didn't pay attention to those things. And I, and I really wish I, I had done that I think it would have you know, shortened the learning curve on a lot of things. A lot of folks with the associations and things, all they see is the fee. You know, that, right. that it's a fee. And right. I can't afford the fee because I don't know if I can afford to, to buy my license for this what town I, next month. What I tell whatever. people, right. What I tell people is if you're just going to join so you can put a logo on your website and put some letters by your name, why join? What, if you're not going to participate and be active, you're not getting not getting any benefit. You're not enjoying the, what, what is the best benefit that you could get, and that, and that is by these kinds of events, whether it's networking, whether it's education, which is Nary, Nary is big on and has some great programs, and they continue to expand and, and add new certifications and new education programs. Um, you know, I, my business has been enriched by my association membership, not because, again, not because I can have a logo on my website, you know, I, I do put it there because I am proud of being an area member. I'm proud of the, the code of ethics. I'm proud of the professionalism that the organization represents. But I also, you know, I'm enjoying those other value-added things. I, the, the relationships I've built with professionals that are far and away away from me that, you know, I don't compete with, but I see at events like this and I can share openly with. Even the local people, people, you know, my, my, my local chapter level, you know, a lot of folks say, well, why would I want to join and be in a room full of my competitors? It's honestly not like that. You, you might have this, you know, if you've 
never been to a meeting that we're all sitting around at some godfather <laughs> staring across the table at each other. You know, so you what secrets am I holding to myself that no one's going to get to? Close to each it's, yeah. it's again, it's it's networking. You're finding out what is going on at the local the local level. What's happening at the permitting office? What's happening at the vendors you know, that I'm shopping at? You know, whose job sites got shut down because OSHA showed up or or EPA showed up? You know. Had I not joined Nary when I did, I would have probably been a year behind in getting ready for uh, the EPA RRP group because my first exposure was at an Nary chapter meeting. They were talking about it a year before it took effect. They were saying, look, you need to, you need to be aware of this for your business. And that and so many more, so many other things are the reason that I, you know, I belong to NKBA. I, I, I'm very active and very involved. You know, my session this morning was about designer-contractor relationships. I feel very strongly about uh, how much value good design can bring to the, the quality of my products. And I'm very active in my local design community because I want to forge those relationships. I want designers to look at me and say, that is a contractor I want to work with because he gets design. He gets the designer's place, the designer's role in the project and what that can mean. He's going to respect me. He's going to respect my my input. He's not going to talk down to me or uh, try and take credit for my work. You know that that is one of the keys to my success: the fact that I have molded myself into that ideal, you know, the designer's contract. It's just because I, I it's, it's fairly unique. I mean, it's one of the first things we discussed last year. I, I came, I, I look at you, design build. You know, when I say design build, I think of it in the traditional in-house sure. um, yeah. model, uh, design in-house. Um, well, so you're here. I, I'm finding you're at Nari again. Uh, it, it, I know you're Big 50 again this year. Uh, that's, uh, Big 50 is given out every year. You're a Big 50. When, when you're inducted into the Big 50, you're a Big 50 for life. And every year there's a new class of Big 50. So every year... Uh, Hanleywood, Ramali Magazine puts out an open call for companies that want to you know, submit themselves to be considered. You go through an interview process. You submit your, you know, what your company's about, what your financials are. You know, are, are you a healthy company? It's a big picture. It isn't just a, you know, it isn't solely revenue. Correct. It's it's about community involvement. Uh, you know, what kind of company culture do you have? What are what are you really known for? Because there's categories within it. My category was fine design. I do very little design. You know, we do some design in-house, but I'm known for fine design because... Once again, the product. Right, yeah, that's about the end product. The end, the end product, sir. Um, if, uh, you know, so you're, not, you're here with Nari and Nary uh, and uh, Big 50. I mean, would you be here um, without these associations at the show? I probably would. You know, um, it's, it's funny because I look back and the arc of my involvement in the industry and my name becoming more known beyond just my local area started in 09 the modeling show was in Indianapolis and I went to a tweet up I had not been on Twitter but maybe two months and uh, I was attending the show and you know obviously it was in my city so I had I had I was going to take advantage as last year I was there Mary's business meeting was at the same time it happened to be it was being held in Indianapolis and I was new to Nary as well so I was there for the Nary business meeting it was my first exposure to national governments and uh, governance and the national committees and what they were doing for the association so I went to this tweet up which had a lot of very familiar names from Hanley Wood it 
uh, Leah Thayer was there, uh, Stacy Freed was there, Nina Patel, uh, Lauren Hunter. These are all senior editors, writers for Remodeling Magazine. And I think I had already done an article with Nina about how waterproofing had gotten to the magazine. So I said, I'll go to this tweet up. And I met some great remodelers who were also there. Who were, you know, uh, met Ben Thompson, Thompson Remodeling out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, can't remember very many other faces, but it was that uh, involvement. Leah asked me, you know, would you be interested in, in applying for Big 50? And Leah was the one that kind of you know, prompted me to apply. You know, some of these things, some of the things that go on in the industry, you know, uh, five and six and seven years ago, I would have looked at somebody like me and I would have said, I'm, I'm not on that level ever in a million years. Honestly, it's just getting yourself out there and participating in events like this and getting to know the people out there. These are normal people just like you and me, these folks that write for these magazines. You know, the lines are so very thin and with social media and internet, you know, you can have access to these people so very easily and they will naturally want to follow what's going on. If you're if you have an interesting project have, you know, something you're doing in your local community. There's so many ways now that you can share it, people can find out about it, and, you know, you, 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 you see what, what's possible. And you, uh, how did you grow in before the time you got into these circles and got into these associations? fits and starts. Well, are you growing now, you know, steadily? I we mean, are. the market's a little bit better we are. at this point as well. Growth is always, uh, in, in uh, in business, growth can be uh, an amazing and a great thing, but it can also be dangerous. And uh, I think uh, we talk about this. I actually feel like the recession forty-seven percent slowed me down. Growth is dangerous for for a uh, remodeling company because you know the boom hit a lot of a lot of average processes. A lot, of, you know, it, it allowed a lot of average contractors to continue to have a business that continue to book work. When things scale back, the first people that got, you know, that, that saw and felt that cutoff were the people who were essentially pretty average at what they did. They didn't deliver very good projects or very good experiences, but when it was booming and there were people with money looking for someone to come over on their house, they naturally got, you know, the overflow work that the truly talented people just didn't have time for. So combinations of things since 09, possibly being this, this the weed out, the weeding out, uh, weeding out your is, growth, right. your a lot of companies. You know, unfortunately, a lot of really well-known companies have, you know, they, they've gone by the wayside because they got to a size and took too long to scale themselves back. And when they did scale themselves back, they were a different company, and they 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 just right. they didn't they function the same way yeah. they did before, and that's. Uh, it's a difficult transition. There are, there are very well-known industry stalwart companies that have gone back to the drawing board, and they are retooling their systems to address the new realities that we all face. And that's another thing that I would, you know, to, that I would uh, communicate to anybody that's out, you know, wondering whether or not their struggles are, you know, their own. You know, that this is a different environment. You have to look at things and, and really. The systems that you have, the way you approach uh, lead generation, running your business, delivering the product—it takes a lot. It's a lot more. It takes a lot of work, and it 
takes a lot of uh, you know, thought to make sure that you can have a healthy, successful, profitable company in that new environment. Do you feel like you had to change your thinking about yourself as success was coming along? You were saying earlier a little bit about how you, you started to become more successful, and yet you still didn't see yourself on this level with these people. You know what? I, no matter where you are, there's someone that's smaller than you are, and there's someone that's bigger than you are. So I don't know that I would say Chris Wright, Wrightworks is a successful model. I have systems and things and production and scheduling. And, you know, I, I, I run a company that has people. What do you call whatever, production? Wherever there's people, there are issues. Stuff happens. And, you know, we... we uh, the most important thing that I've that I've uh, tried to do is is that forming of a company culture, where we all are on the same page for why we're here and what we're committed to. Do you mind sharing some of the techniques? That, uh, is it is it is it a scrum at the beginning, quote unquote, a scrum at the beginning of the day, a, uh, a some sort of like? Well, we uh, we all that? have a Kool Aid flavor that we drink every every morning. Um, now we. Uh, I spent a number of years at FedEx. Uh, one of my first, I guess, really long-term jobs. I was there for nearly five years. FedEx has a really strong and powerful company culture. When you work at FedEx, you drink the Kool-Aid, uh, and it's not—it's it, not something that you know has to be ingrained in you, uh, uh, you know, drilled into your head on day one. It's more like, okay, this is day one. This is who we are as a company. This is what we all need to be together to be successful. These are the things that we're committed to. These are the things that we have to deliver on, that we have to be accountable for in order to deliver the kind of service that we are known for as a company and that is going to that is going to generate that future work that's going to maintain our success. So when I, when I started expanding my company to include employees, where I'm including work that's going to go on beyond me, and I can't be there every day, I have to then create that through line, that, that culture of what do I need you to know as a RightWorks employee, as a craftsman on one of my projects, what are we committed to? Well, some of this is just communicating and quantifying the things that are important to you as a company. One of the things that I market us as, and as part of our brand, is, is experience. Because there, there are a lot of people in this world who are great craftsmen, but at the end of the job, the homeowner would never want to—they don't want to see your face ever again. You know, you've built them this beautiful thing, and and I consider this a, a, a great and grievous failure when a company can go through and deliver an amazing project, a beautifully built space. And I've come on. I've come to work for clients who have had that experience with other builders, and I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I think it's very sad when builder and owner, or builder and designer and owner, don't ever want to speak again after having a, an experience that delivered something beautiful, beautiful space. So, experience is something that I focus on every single year. It seems like I, I see it as more and more important. That day-to-day experience of the project. The, scheduling, the timing, the kinds of people that I have working in your home. Those things are important. As I was telling you earlier, the first thing that people tell you now when they ask you about what do you, you know, what do you like, 
the most about experiencing, uh, you know, what, what do you like the most about our project for you? Nine times in ten, they will say, we love your people. Yeah. You know, we yeah. loved John. We loved Eric. We loved Kevin. Those guys were so well, great. These guys, I mean, these, you know, these guys aren't built, man. I mean, they're, they're not, you don't make, I mean, they, they come that way, right? You have to look for them. Because not everybody's going to be, you know, the employment search for a small company, it, it takes a lot, you kiss a lot of frogs. Just say that. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, there are a lot of people that will answer a Craigslist ad or they'll call you up out of the blue that want to work for your company that, you know, they may be, you know, it's like contractors. A lot of contractors that can build great things. There's a lot of prospective employees that have really amazing craft skills but if they can't play well with others or they don't care about keeping a clean job site, or if they don't care about being a part of a team and a culture, then I can't I can't have them spoiling my you know, a small business is small. We're we're a small group. You get one bad apple in that group and all of these amazing people that are superstar performers for you, that can go right out the door with, with one you know, bad hire. So you have to be very selective, and you have to, unfortunately, be pretty ruthless in qualifying people. And, you know, when, when I send someone into someone's home, it, you know, they have my life, my reputation in their hand. If they steal something, or if they let the cat out, let the cat out. if they let the cat that's you outside, let the dog run away. Yeah. This is somebody's kid. Exactly. You know? And so much of remodeling, and, you know, as I said to you, when I started out, I was a craft snob. I thought, I'm going to build it better than anyone else can. I will. Everything will be perfect and clean and crisp, and I will have the most well-crafted projects, materials, and methods in the world, and that will ensure my success. That's pure D-Rock, because you can be the best XYZ widget builder, whatever, but if you're not known to anyone or you... Uh, piss people off during your, their project and don't deliver a good experience, those things aren't going to matter. Being good at the actual product is, is half. It's a required half. It is a required starting point. But getting beyond that to become, to grow, and to have a successful team and a successful business beyond just a practice, you have to do a lot of other things right. And to me, experience is a really important key part of of what keeps people coming back to us, whether it's an owner, whether it's a designer, wanting to work with us again. Uh, I like that. I like that. The, the, the double meaning there. Experience, as in longevity, but experience as in the experience. Right. Of working with. Right.